All right, all right, all right. We are now here on Cowboys Crunch Time with KD. I am, of course, your host, KD Drummond, and we have a very special guest for all of our listeners today, the one and only legendary Cowboys tight end, Jay Novacek, joins us. Jay, how are you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? I have absolutely no complaints. We have made it through the preseason. It's time to get ready for the regular <laughs> season. And, of course, we have to check in with you, one of our favorite guests here on the show, uh, to see where you see the Cowboys of 2016 standing. And I guess, for me, the important question that I want your insight on is starting with the tight end position. Uh, we finally got to see Rico Gathers last night in the game. It's the fourth preseason game. Not many people pay attention, but we saw the athleticism that he possesses. Uh, but he was a basketball player. He hasn't played football since the eighth grade. With your experience, obviously, you're a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion. What do you see are the biggest impediments to him making the transition to tight end and catching on the National Football League? Well, I think one of the things is just getting a feel for the game. Um, you know, that that's always a, a huge impact if you just have a knack for being in the right place at the right time and, and, and being able to use his athletic ability to – uh, to to get the job done. And, and, you know, you can have some of the greatest physical athletes out there that just do not have a feel for the game. And that, that's, what's, that's what's tough about it. You know, Antonio Gates, he, was, he just had that knack for being in, being in that right place and, and getting that feel. And that's why he ended up being such a great tight end. Yeah, we've seen the basketball transitions before, but for me, going from – not playing for, you know, six to eight to ten years, uh, that, that just seems so difficult. And and they held him back for so long in the preseason, but then you saw last night when he made the play, people were just bouncing off of him like he was a power forward on the block. So I'm a little excited. I'm interested to see how they're going to break down this tight end position as they cut down their roster over the next couple of days. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and you, a guy like that, you you know they're going to give them a, give them a chance. So seems to me they're doing the right thing of bringing him along real slow, uh, let him get his feet wet and, and then let him get in uh, a few plays here and there and, and, and just have an understanding of what the NFL really is. And, you know, sometimes the shoot, it's hard for a college player to end up in the NFL and, and do well. And right. here's a guy that <laughs> hadn't played hardly at all, especially for a long time at any level. And uh, so it'll be interesting. He'll be all right. Now, obviously, he's battling for a backup position behind the great Jason Witten, who's probably on the verge of breaking the Cowboys' receiving yardage record uh, this season. Uh, he, Witten is obviously part of the great lineage at the tight end position that you are involved in. Uh, talk to me about how special it's been being a part of this Cowboys tight end family and watching Witten's career as he now goes into the later years. Oh, absolutely. You know, what well, such a, a great individual to begin with, and then – you look at his career and, and how spectacular he has been, how consistent he's been over you know, his whole career. And that's what's uh, impressive about Jason is, is his willingness to uh, continue to improve, doing what it takes to improve, and the consistency that, that he has done. I mean, no other player has been that consistent, I don't think, and probably in any position in, in any part of the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch him work, and every time I remember uh, I was writing a few years ago and I had the audacity to suggest that I thought that Witten might be slowing down, and six years later he's still making me eat my words. So it's, it's pretty amazing <laughs> to see this guy 
go out there week in, week out. And, I mean, you really can't expect anything to change until you actually see it happen because he's defied the odds time and time again. Oh, absolutely. And it, but it's not surprising. You know, you if you sit there and you're around him and understand him and watch him practice, it's, I mean, shoot, that, that's – it's not surprising. He's he's uh, he's a worker and he's a, a great player. All right, we're here on Cowboys Crunch Time with KD with the great Cowboys legend Jay Novacek, uh, made All Pros team in both 1991 and 92, and he just so happens to have the hardware three rings on his hands. I wanted to talk to you about a subject that we uh, discussed many times over the off season, and that's the impact of coaching on players uh, that have a, a high degree of talent. We all know that you have to be talented to make it even to the professional level uh, just to get cut during uh, preliminary roster cuts, but much less to be somebody that has an extended career. But how much would you say is related to the amount of influence coaching can have as opposed to being the player's talent itself? Well, personally, what I think is um, it's mostly on talent itself. Um, you know, there's not, the coaches don't spend that much time with an individual player. They spend more okay. majority of their majority of their time with X's and O's. And then they teach those X's and O's to the players. Very seldom you have a coach that really gets mentally involved, um, to improve anyone mentally. Uh, very seldom you have any, a coach that really improves physically doing things. Um, you know, when I was playing, I mean, I, I had to learn myself and do things a little bit differently in order for me to make a team. I mean, that that's just, okay. I, I had to, cause I wasn't uh, the typical tight end. I was, wasn't big enough by any means. I didn't block well enough by any means. And so I had to figure out ways of doing things, blocking and, and such like that. Uh, running routes uh, to to be able to have a coach go, hey, wait a minute, why is this guy getting open all the time? He's catching the ball. We got we got to <laughs> give him an opportunity, and he may not be that prototype, but you know, six four, six five, and two hundred forty pounds. And you, you and I go in there at two hundred twenty pounds. There's you know, Michael Irvin dang near weighed more than I did. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so I had to do things differently. No coach could. Because they they just they don't understand it, and I you know and I'm just right. being you know blind. I've had I had three good coaches when I from college all the way to the end of my pro year that actually taught me something that I could use the rest of my careers. That's interesting. Let me let me give you some feedback, not to try to associate what you're saying with the current Cowboys coaching staff, but the conversation came up about uh, obviously the Cowboys biggest weakness appears to be the defensive end position, especially with the suspensions, and wondering whether or not they can get some guys that don't have a lot of reputation to perform beyond uh, their their limits uh, and whether or not Rod Marinelli would be able to inspire those guys. My take was that inspiration only goes so far. Sooner or later, you have to have the talent for him to coach up. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's there or if he's uh, shown that track record in order to do that with lesser talent. Uh, as opposed to when he has guys like uh, Simeon Rice and, and Julius Peppers. So I just wanted to kind of get your take overall on whether or not you can make uh, a beautiful masterpiece out of a lump of clay if that guy doesn't have that feeling to begin with. 
Well, absolutely you can, but it also depends on that individual. Um, okay. That that individual has to understand and has to be willing to work and to be willing to do things a little bit differently. Um, like I said, you know, a perfect example is myself. And when, um, when Ernie Zampezi uh, came in to replace North Turner as offense coordinator, I learned this later after we quit playing, but um, Jason Garrett's telling me one time, I said, yeah, Ernie just chewed me out in the quarterback meetings all the time because I wasn't, do- I wasn't doing it the way that it should have been done in, in his mind. And and Troy was like, no, 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 don't don't worry about Jay. I know exactly what he's doing, and we have this whole thing figured out. Okay, well, I did that. There's three ways to do things. Okay, there's the right way, which is the coach's way. There's the wrong way, which obviously is you're going to get yelled at and do everything. <laughs> you know, that's a simple thing <laughs> to figure out. And the third way is, I always say, it's Jay's way. Now, Jay's way is the way I did things and had to do things differently in order to be successful. Now, in order to do it Jay's way, you have to do it the right way first. You have to do it the right way over and over again until those coaches say, okay, you know, you do it this way all the time. And then as an individual, then you start doing it Jay's way. Then you start doing a little bit different to try to improve, do things that the coaches don't know about, the coaches don't understand, about how you can do things. And once you can do that, but you have to do it the right way, you have to do it the coach's way first before you can do it, quote, Jay's way. Now, one of the I'm things getting, that we've I'm getting, in, into, I'm, I'm getting into a lot of stuff now because you opened this can. Hey, look, I'm ready for it, man. I, look, if, 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 the, if the powers that be let me, I'd, I'd pick your brain for the next three hours. So you're not saying anything that I don't want to hear, man. But right. in, in, in the interest of time, I, I definitely do want to touch, touch base on one subject, uh, and that's the way that the Cowboys have prepared around Tony Romo. You said about Jay's way. Tony Romo's way is a bit different, and now it obviously includes Romo Wednesdays where he doesn't practice because of his back. And we're in a situation where now we're starting to worry about how much longer he's going to play. Uh, in your opinion, I know that you remain close to the team, but in your opinion, what has Tony Romo's legacy been since he became the starter back in 06 uh, as, as a quarterback for the Cowboys? You know, the way I see it, um, I see it with a, an individual that has gone up against uh, huge odds. I, I, you know, just to, to be on the team was was huge. To be a starter was huge. Uh, to be as successful and, and unbelievable as far as numbers and his performance, you know, it, it, it's amazing what he has done. Uh, to be the individual that he is, you know, Tony's a great guy. You know, he's, he's one of them guys that you just enjoy talking to, and he's always had a smile on his face. You have that individual that um, – you know, has had those downfalls, but a lot of those downfalls, you know, aren't sitting there to be his fault. And, but he's never complained about anything. That's the individual that I see. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think a lot of the national narrative, because it's easy, is about, you know, the, the shortcomings he's had. But all in all, I don't think the Cowboys could have asked for a better, better representative over the last decade. Oh, and uh, you yeah. just hope that you, you, you hope that the back doesn't 
cut his career short before he had the chance to pull in a championship. It's, it's too bad that, uh, you know, those injuries have happened. Not only to him, but to the rest of the team. There's been, you know, tough defenses. Uh, injuries and everything else. That is definitely the case. The Cowboys have been a bit injury uh, bitten over the last several years, and, and things tend to happen. But as they say, well, as some people say, next man up. But for me, there's a reason that a guy was starting and, and a guy was a backup. So next man up doesn't work when you have a cascading amount of injuries. <laughs> yes. All right. Now, I've enjoyed this conversation, obviously, but you are actually giving the fans a chance to come up and discuss football with you to their heart's pure joy uh, this weekend at AT&T Stadium. You're involved in the Advocare Classic uh, and is going to be taking place outside of the stadium uh, during the Alabama and USC contest, which is happening on Saturday. Talk to the people a little bit about this venture uh, and, and what you guys are, are representing. Oh, absolutely. You know, all states then uh... – uh, involved with college football for quite some time now, and they put on the All-State Tailgate Tour, and they're going to be traveling around to different games throughout the season, uh, probably 48, 50 of them, uh, I think, is what they're going to be at. Uh, and they, they'll come out, and, and they're setting up the Tailgate Tour. They have all sorts of different uh, prizes given away, and, and you enter to, to win a big prize that uh, will take you to the national championship game in, in Tampa in Tampa this year. So, and I'll be out there from four to five tomorrow. Uh, they're just before the game starts. All right. And fans are going to have the opportunity to come out there and, and just kick it with you and, and get a little bit of insight on what your thoughts on the Cowboys hopes are for the upcoming season. Do you want to offer a prediction for the upcoming season with the Cowboys? <laughs> you know, that, that is, is very difficult, but here's if they stay healthy, you know, if they stay healthy, they're going to be a, a team at the end of the season that has the ability to, to go a long ways in the playoffs. Um, I, I just think with the way their coaching staff is, how successful they've been in their coaching staff when they haven't been healthy, that when they keep those starters on the field, then, then they're, going to, they're going to be a team that's that going to be pretty good. You get that offensive line rolling. Uh, if Elliott can come out and, and have a great rookie year, then – you know, that's going to help huge because they'll keep the uh, ball on the ground, the clock going, and their defense off the field. And that's a, that's a, a, a big a big deal for them to keep that defense off the field as much as possible. There it is, the formula for success for the 2016 Cowboys directly from legendary tight end Jay Novacek. Jay, thank you so much for another great appearance here on Cowboys Crunch Time. We're definitely appreciative of your time, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Cowboys tight end again, five-time pro bowler, two different all-pro teams, and, of course, three championship rings with the 1990 Dallas Cowboys. Jay Novacek with great insight on the Dallas Cowboys 2016 season coming up. We touched on the coaching staff and how much influence coaches have on players. He's on my side. We touched on Rico Gathers, and he thinks he has a nice bit of potential. He's on my side for that. And, of course, he's on everybody's side when it comes to what we think about Tony Romo and his legacy as a Dallas Cowboy. So that's it for our impromptu Cowboys Crunch Time session. You know what it is. 
Follow me on Twitter at KD Drummond NFL or, of course, at The Cowboys Wire. That's all there is to it, folks. I'm out of here. Salute.